So just to put a quick bow on the Georgia-Tennessee game, I think I said this on Sunday about Bears repeating. I know I've told several people this. I was super impressed with the Georgia fan base. Um, we were observing earlier before we, we came downstairs in our pre-production meeting uh, <laughs> that we were uh, – Georgia fans learned how to do this, and I think that's a great way of putting it. In the first quarter, you know, we were loud some, but then we got consistently louder – and guys, and then it rained, and we got mad. Got to turn it down. What's up, Georgia football fans? You're listening to episode 330 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And this is the preview show for the uh, Georgia at Mississippi State game. However, you, you better be certain that we're still going to uh, drown ourselves uh, joyfully with what took place in the rain in Sanford Stadium on Saturday evening. So sit back and enjoy it, and here's Will to get it all started. So, um, wait, sorry, who are we playing this week? I missed the same yeah, it, uh, I got it, some interesting stats on wait, this. Yeah, is our record Kevin May's fingers? No, <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. I was disappointed we didn't kick a field goal to make it nine nothing, just so I could use that. So, <laughs> I, you know, I was I was trying to think about what this what Saturday meant, and not just Saturday, but what the build up to Saturday meant, and kind of the explosion of emotion and sound <laughs> and the rain and the vibe. Kind of the whole weekend. And I think it actually ties into something that we've really spent a lot of time talking about on this show, which is, hey, what happens next after Georgia wins a national championship? Good point. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we talked about how, like, we did a lot fewer shows in the off season. Mm-hmm. There, at least it seemed like we did. No, we really didn't do many. Yeah, yeah so I mean, we did a lot fewer shows than yeah. we usually do. Uh, and when we did, we were like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, depth chart, maybe. Uh, whatever. Um, they're, they're the champs, and, uh, and check out all the cool stuff we have, and uh, check out all the cool pictures that uh, Scott has put together. And, and and you know, and we kind of didn't want the season to start, and, and I kind of related to being a Braves fan and like not wanting to watch the to have the World Series and the new season start again. And even like you know, the idea after you blow out Oregon, it's like okay, yay. We got all smug, remember? Yeah, exactly. And even Missouri was like, okay, you got a little bit of scare, but you know what, we're fine. And you know what, maybe that's good. It'll be nice to have like an actual close game because everything's a blow. And the schedule next year, it's going to blow them out in the first five games. There's going to be nothing to watch. And there just seemed to be a general, I wouldn't say it was, I'd say it's partly complacency, but it's more that like we had yet to adjust We'd yet to uh, to evolve from that. Georgia hasn't won a national championship in forty some odd years, and all that came with that of we're going to blow it and Munsoning and all the terrible things that and and this is the year it's not going to happen. We're we're doomed and everything that that goes with that, and then and the fear that gets you, and then the excitement, but then oh no, I remember this Alabama game, this Alabama game, all of that that is all released. Like the pain of that and the stress of that is released when you win the national championship, but it doesn't actually like leave the marrow of your bones. It is in there somehow. And I don't mean the fear and the pain. I mean that drive. 
that sort of like, we got to get one, we got to get one. And that, and so you get that excitement when you win one, but then I think there's inevitably a, okay, well, what, when, when I, I'm, I'm so kind of numb and happy. It's going to be a while till I can feel again. What was interesting about, I remember, yeah, I even joked about uh, when Georgia hired Mike White, the Florida coach, it was like, we're so like, we so missed the phantom limb of people <laughs> feeling like people are laughing at us yeah. that, uh, that we needed to pretend that that was what was happening. Like there were a bunch of Florida basketball fans being like, yeah, Georgia sucks now. Like we just wanted to feel the aggrieved thing that I think, and understandably so, as we had for a long time. What I thought was interesting about Tennessee and interesting about the whole lead up to it and the game itself and the way it all happened is it felt like the next uh, inevitable and totally necessary step, which is it had kind of everything you'd want for the next age of Georgia, for the next transition, the next, next age of Georgia football. Georgia was favored, but no one was picking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee was hot and exciting and was able to relate like to a past Georgia pain. Oh, that's like 2019 LSU. We remember what that feels like when you've got a chance to do that, but you run into this juggernaut. You do everything right, mm-hmm. but sometimes some teams are special and you can't do anything about it. Bring up that sort of muscle memory. Uh, bring up the idea of, wait, 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 wait. Everything can be so wonderful, and then all of a sudden we lose one game and we're not even going to be able to make the playoff after that? We've gone from not sweating... I wouldn't say that we tasted our own blood because I don't, nothing actually happened to Georgia fans. But I think that sort of, wait, not everything is going to be wonderful forever. Fire kind of got back into everyone. People had the idea of like, wait, we could lose something. Like not a game, but like lose a thing. I always talk about this with Cubs fans. The Cubs fans, like, listen, they have 2016 forever and they deserve it. It's wonderful. They should be happy forever even though it didn't actually happen. Um, but they never won another one. Mm-hmm. They never won another one. Bears fans are kind of similar in this. They have these kind of historic all-time teams, but they never got another one. You can't take that away from them. They were truly wonderful things, but there's always going to be a sense of, yeah, but you never did the next thing. Georgia fans, I think, had not really accepted. I think we all thought, hey, are we Alabama now? Maybe we're Alabama now. But I don't think people actually thought of themselves as Alabama yet. I think in a lot of ways, this week... everyone picking Tennessee, including on game day, which is mm, the chef's kiss idea (laughs) that everyone just picked it on game day here at, at here in Athens, in Athens, Myers quad, like four for four. (laughs) Like, and again, with, with an eight and a half, 10 point spread that, that happened. It kind of added like, Oh, wait a second. Like to combine, we've now had the combination of two eras of Georgia football. Georgia not uh, Georgia fans not feeling like Georgia is getting enough respect and also a part of their brains being like, yeah, but I don't know, maybe like we did look kind of bad against Missouri and we did, and maybe it is the LSU thing. And we have had the disappointing games before. And we remember the last time it was like, it was it rained though. We didn't know that yeah. at the time. And this new era of Georgia football, which is, yeah, but we're better than they are. Let's be better than they are. And that to me, I I think we're in a new place. It doesn't mean Georgia's not going to lose another game. It doesn't mean they're going to just run to championships forever. But this felt like that thing that we've been trying to figure out that, okay, so what happens now after you win the championship? What is the fan personality? I think we figured it out this weekend. It is, it's kind of wonderful. <laughs> like it's it kind of wonderful. And, uh, and it feels, it does feel 
Like this is actually what it feels like to be Alabama, to have someone to want to take you out and everyone feels trendy. This is the time. We want Georgia. We want Bama. They're going to take them out and you squash them and you kill their dreams and you're like, oh, no, we, we are still the captain here. That is what Georgia is now. And I think that fans kind of accepted that with kind of the glory of this weekend. And a sufficient condition of that is someone picking against you has to be too cute by half. Yeah. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, Right, exactly. It wasn't just, like, again, Vegas was not fooled by no. this. The analytics were not fooled by <laughs> this. But it became very, very cool. And, and I think part of it is, there's, remember how many years and years and years Georgia would be in the top three and people would be like, yeah, but that's yeah, Georgia. Right. Yeah, right. but that's Georgia. And I think that's muscle memory from the other side of that as well. The idea like, Georgia will do something to Georgia this up somehow. And they not only didn't, they asserted their dominance the way that Alabama Well, I've, I was able to, to view it firsthand when I was putting my video together. The first person, actually the second person I interviewed uh, for score predictions was Tony at his tailgate. And what Tony said, basically, he said it exactly what you said in long form. He said that had Georgia been ranked number one and Tennessee been ranked three, four, or five, that would have been one thing. But no, they flipped the script, and Georgia fans were mad and used the term bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. You basically called what that crowd was going to act like. You knew, based on your experience, and I felt it too, uh, when I was asking you on camera about how you felt. And I, I think that you even look, and um, you know, I have – I have 32 gigabytes of footage from that game because I, I shot the whole game. <laughs> Is that a lot? That sounds like a lot. That's a lot. Okay. Yeah, for, that, for that, Georgia. That's game. It's the flux capacitor going. Right. <laughs> but if you look, I shot a lot of it in 60 frames a second to slow it down. And that's what I loved. I've got so many great panning shots in slow motion of the rain coming down and people with just a steely look in their eye jumping up and down and screaming. Uh, Will and I noted to my wife when we were upstairs in our pre-show meeting that Alexa, Will's wife, and Jennifer, my wife, they were sitting adjacent to each other at the stadium. They could not have had more fun during that game, even in the rain. And my wife was wearing leather pants, and she said it took three days for them to dry out. But it was just – it was exactly right. I mean, nobody cared it was raining. Um, I think Will and Tony – they're going to touch on the fact that it was a learned uh, process as we as we realized Tennessee was moving faster and faster. And, oh, wait, we just got to stay loud the entire time that we're on defense. Um, it's definitely a top three moment, maybe top two for me at Sanford Stadium. Yeah, so I think, Will, you bring up an interesting point. Also, don't forget the Eric Ainge thing either. That's a factor in this too. Yep. I think it is. That's yep. another old – you know what? Sanford's a beautiful place. Because he beat us. Yeah, and, and remember, that, that's another thing. Well, they, it, Georgia is a beautiful place. Athens is a wonderful yeah. city. Sanford's a beautiful stadium. But, the but it doesn't that get that loud there. They kind of sit on their hands. You know what? And that he was wasn't another wrong. Thing yeah. No, I'm, I, I, think, I think that's probably right. I mean, we can – the fact that we're able to name games in the past where it was like, wow, it was really loud at LSU yep. or yeah. Notre Dame. Well, we play six SEC games a season here, or seven, depending on... Well, three or four SEC games. I'm sorry, three or four yeah. SEC games a season. And, you know, we play Tech here every year, so that's not unfair. Uh, Will, getting back to your point, I think part of what we're seeing is that the na- I don't think... I don't think the media, the media or fans quite know what to do with Georgia. Um, and when I say that, what I mean is that we had been told for four years that, well, defense doesn't win championships anymore. You got to have, you got to have that offense. And I'm not saying Georgia didn't have that offense. Right, 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 right. right. But when right. they say, when they say that offense, 
you got to be able to throw the ball 70 yards on the line. Yeah. You got to be able to have, you have to have two breakaway receivers. You also have to have a guy that any moment can break a run, uh, break a run off, yeah. right? If you don't have that, uh, you're probably not, you're probably just not good enough to do it. And, and that's part of that is, I mean, that was part of the logic last Tuesday night why they put Ohio State second over Georgia. Well, look at that explosive offense. Mm-hmm. Explicit about it. Right, yeah. right. So, <laughs> it, like. We're taping this probably before the rankings come out. On yeah, we're, we're a little early. So, so I'm assuming um, we all assume that Georgia's number one, but we don't want to. Whatever, make a seventh. Away. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> uh, but I do care a little bit because we've got to be in the top four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, on, that on that December feels the 7th, like that would lead to, I think Sankey would say something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that part of it is a learned experience on the part of of media is they don't know what to do with Georgia as a team. They know their defense is really good, but at any given moment, they're expecting Georgia to revert back to Georgia, frankly, of 2017. Right, 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 right? right. Even though I think we made the argument a bunch here that Georgia had components of um, components of we can throw the ball around some, but the reality is our offense is very different, and we saw that. Uh, I love what Bill Conley said. Bill Conley said, Wow, it's, uh, it seems pretty unfair if Georgia's figured out the one part of their team, which are the long pass plays, uh, and they've broken that code too. Um, and, and if you listen to everything they said, they just, they just could not conceive of a world where Georgia, with its players and its coaches, would be able to scheme, defensively scheme, to slow Tennessee down enough to, to win. Because two of them said that. Dez said that. Kirk said that. Um, when the reality was... Tennessee or no one else could, so far this season right. uh, has schemed uh, and, and figured out offensively what to do to face this defense. Mm-hmm. And Georgia's offense, when they've wanted to, when they've needed to, has scored points. And that, that brings up a, a last point. I've, I've seen some, um, you know, the lies you tell yourself after something bad's happened to you. Uh, that's what the volunteer fans are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, that second half, we held them yeah. to three yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got to be honest. I, uh, uh-huh. yeah, they yeah. better watch out. Heupel's got his thing brewing. They were not going to hold us down a whole five quarter. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to hold them I'm down. I don't know where I tell myself these lies all the time. Well, you yes, know, yes. That, yes that, I that's see. kind of a harrowing metaphor that you put that's in. How I, that's how I know what they're doing. Um, but and, I, think, I think you made the point on the postgame show that that's what – when Kirby saw the rains come, it was kind of like, all right, boys. before the rains came. Yeah. Dude, before it started raining, we had an eight-minute manhood-robbing drive where we drove the ball. I, I, they Wisconsin did. Yeah, they Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Look, here is the thing. There were two drives that happened in the third quarter. Tennessee took the opening hook off the kickoff of the third quarter, drove the ball 27 yards, kicked a field goal. I'm sorry, 50, 54 yards, kicked a field goal, took five minutes off the clock. Georgia took their kickoff, drove the ball how many ever yards it was, took eight minutes off the clock. They got the ball back with one minute. They got the ball back with 16 minutes left in the game to close a three-score game. Yeah. That ain't happening. Yeah. I'm sorry, at that point. Yeah. Well, also, let's not forget, like, at the end of the Oh, yeah, they had to punt. No, yeah. that's right. They had to punt. My bad. I'm sorry. They had to punt. So they had to close a three-score, three-plus-score game in 16 minutes. That wasn't happening. Yeah. And remember, like, if you were to tell Tennessee, like, for the record, this game started 
exactly like Tennessee would want it to. Four exactly. plays and a fumble? Four plays inside the 50? They, they deferred, which we did not think they were going to do. And then they get a fumble, and like, and that is exactly the moment. And you, you know, they tried to go big uh, quickly after that to do a quick strike, and it didn't work. And they did ultimately get their three. But like that was, if you had told Tennessee, if you told me for crying out loud, oh, so Georgia's going to have four plays and fumble on the first play, and Tennessee's going to have it, and everyone's going to start getting nervous, and it's all good. Like, I would have been very worried, but they weren't worried. No. They and, weren't worried at all. And what did Georgia do after we got screwed out of the non-safety call? First play oh, goes God. big yeah. I was McConkey. yelling. By, by the way, after that. I forgot anybody, about that non-call. That was a terrible call. Yeah. Anybody sitting around me knows. I was like, all right, all right, that's fine. Kirby, go after him. Yeah. Go after him. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Do it. In the second that ball was thrown, in much the way, like half the Georgia sideline, I had my hands up already. Yeah. I already had my hands up because it was running right at us, right? And, you know, McConkey. Was oh, yeah. He stuttered thing. that. He stutter stepped it and was oh, gone. Oh, my God. Um, so, one wow, last. This is, I'm enjoying just like, can we just talk more? It. Yeah, like, we'll, just talk, we'll just talk Georgia, Tennessee. Really we'll have, a, we'll fun, have an man. emergency podcast talking about yeah, the same man. thing. But it's special, right? Like, it, it's, it's a special thing that happened, and I don't, it should be remarked sure. upon. Well, it's special for two reasons. First off, it's Tennessee. You can screw them. Yeah. Second off, it's. Uh, I think this is a game, getting back to what you opened with, Will, this is a game that, despite having won a national championship, despite now winning eight games to start the season off, despite going undefeated last season until SEC championship, um, I think this is a game where people finally was like, all right, that's fine. We give up. Georgia is it. Right? I think people are now like, we will not underestimate Georgia at our own peril again. We won't do it. Uh, and I would argue moving forward. And no, I mean, yeah, that's that, what I mean, moving that, forward. And I'm not just this year, but yeah. like this feels, yeah. that's why I said it feels like sea the change. Alabama moment. Sea change. It feels like the Alabama moment. Yeah. And it, it helps that Alabama has lost twice <coughs> in, before well, Thanksgiving, which never happens. But I think there is something to the idea of, like this is what happens. But we talked about how Alabama had not been an underdog for so long. And every time you're like, okay, this is, I mean, you know what the la- a great example of the last time there was a game like this was when Alabama played at Georgia and everyone's like, this mm-hmm. is when Georgia yep. takes them out. This well, is when they do it. And they stomped on the neck in the rain. But, yeah. but, yeah. The, but <laughs> the difference is, is I, I could squint sideways and see a way Georgia would have won another game. Yeah. I was never uh, worried yeah. about this game. Yeah. I was never worried about this game. I thought it was really interesting on the on the Solid Verbal podcast that um, Dan Rubensey was saying, you know what, I think I'm done with Tennessee. It doesn't mean that I don't think they're good and they shouldn't be proud of their season, but I don't want to see them in the playoff now because I, I know. Like, now I know. Like, now I know. Now I know. It doesn't mean they're not so good. Well, I mean, nothing. But now I feel like we know. doesn't mean Tennessee's not going to get there eventually. doesn't mean Tennessee's not going to be able to do good stuff. But, like, there was something fundamental about the way that Georgia handled them that made me think, oh, yeah, Tennessee's not there yet. Yeah. Well, they're not, they're not, yeah, they're not elite. Yeah. They're not great. Yeah. I mean, they're good. They're really they're good. good. They're the best Tennessee team in quite, quite a few right. years. By the but way, like, they're not. Isn't it great that we live in a world where um, all you ought, during the aughts, Georgia fans, the 05, 07s, 09s, 10, 11, 12. Not 10. Oh, God, not 10. Ah, <laughs> uh, 12. 13, maybe. This is what we thought we were in all those years. <laughs> you, know who, you know who's the Georgia at this time? Tennessee. Tennessee, right? They were, we, but, but on the same side of the division, right? right, right. Or maybe the better analogy is, okay, uh, Alabama through all these years, right? Uh, Look, there's totally a world. Put that on a shirt. 
Um, there's, <laughs> he's right. He's right. There totally is one. There's totally a world where um, Georgia remains peak, whatever they are right now, and ha- where it started last year. Can make the argument started in 17, mm-hmm. but whatever they are right now, where Tennessee and or Florida come and take a shot and it might do something with it. We've seen that with Alabama. That's the thing. It's like the, what Nick Saban has done at Alabama that is so impressive about that is that he has maintained until this year, maintained mm-hmm. that relevance. And I'm not, I don't think he's over. I don't think it's over yet. Oh, I don't think it's over right, either. Right. But, but certainly this year it is something's different. But he's maintained that relevance with LSU mm-hmm. winning a national championship, Auburn winning a national championship and playing in another one. Yeah. Though all those teams got there by beating Alabama. Every one of those teams got there by beating Alabama. And that's what I'm about to say. Yeah. Guys, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. I am willing to wear it as a fan. I prefer it. I prefer it, actually, <laughs> because I've had my heart broke and dragged through the dirt, and I have squinted and looked sideways at stuff. Y'all have heard me over 300 episodes talk about, well, you know, if we can just do this yeah. thing. I, you know, I just really believe in Georgia. I think we're going to win by three. <laughs> right? Right. But that's that's what I mean. It's like while we're here, let's let's just go get a couple. Let's just go get a couple. Let's not get crazy. And I think that's yes. gonna, for everybody else and, later. And I, I do kind of feel like now that we listen after the, uh, the after our game, you're like, well, this team is awesome. But like you kind of you did you didn't want to believe for a couple of reasons. Right. First off, well, we just won a championship five right, months right, ago, right, seven right. months ago, and and also it's like yeah, it's Oregon, right? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Will said it best on the Sunday podcast. Like, juices are flowing, guys. Juices are flowing, right? I got that nervous energy again. I'm fired up about this. It was I wasn't fired up about. It's it like now I'm like anxiously invested in what happens the rest of the season. That's exactly right. That's exactly how I feel about it. Like, 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 let's go get it. Like, let's go get it. That's exactly how you feel about it. Whereas before, it really was just kind of like, all right, let's see what this happy bonus year gets for us. Maybe we'll win another one. We'll see. We got our one. Now it's like, oh, let's win this thing right now. And that's very exciting. Well, it's very much the difference between a, uh, a guy that is like, Man, I ain't fighting you. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, maybe we'll just shove each other yeah, in the yeah. parking lot to like, oh, I took my shirt off. Yeah, let's go. It's just yeah. going down. Let's go outside right now. <laughs> right? That's the difference. Before, yeah. I was like, I don't know. We'll I mean, I'll fight you if I have to around. fight you. If I have to fight you, I'll t- yeah. But now yeah. it's like, yeah. let's go. But I'm ready to take my shirt off. <laughs> By all means. Speaking of shirts, if I need yeah. one, yeah. where would I get one? I, you know, I talked to Chase. I met Chase. I mean, so the post I, I know I you Chase. did. Yeah. And I talked to him. I, and I referred I just, to him as Mr. Kelly. I, I hate felt that like I missed him. I wanted to yeah. confirm that the website was correct. It is, in fact, the one that we've been sharing. V76.com. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I wanted to make sure that the code was correct. It is also WSLS. At funny, checkout. Funny yep. thing about him, he insists on doing the HTTP colon backslash backslash. It seems unnecessary, but mm, a man I, in his yeah, position I can see would, that. would feel like he had to do it. Well, you know, it. and that's important if you're linking it in a non-HTML uh, site. Yeah. You know, you've got to You know, these, you know how these internet moguls you are. You don't have to add www. That was like so 2002. <laughs> if you're using AOL's Rain Man script, uh, you will have to do that. But otherwise, I think that you are okay. Um, but yeah, I want to check and see if he's. I think yeah, they've got new, some new, new merch. Stuff? New stuff? Oh, I'm Let's, so disappointed I did not meet him. Oh, he's a great guy. Uh, yeah, I've heard I'm, I'm sure we've not heard the last of him around here. No, it feel, it this feel is like. also a good reminder, by the way. 
if in case you skipped ahead in the podcast, we'll do this again uh, at the end of this ad. We've got a big party coming at the Pine. We've got a big party coming at the Pine the after route, the Georgia actually. Actually. Downstairs. Downstairs. Sorry, downstairs. You go to the Pine. You can go to the Pine. Just and then go, go downstairs. downstairs. Yeah. Everyone, if you go to the Pine, you're like, whoa, dogs. They're like, downstairs. Yes, yeah, so go, yeah. downstairs. Uh, go downstairs. Sorry, this is a wine bar. Yeah, this is uh, a wine bar. We are. We, we, is there football happening this weekend? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so, drinking a glass of wine. So um, we also are giving away a shirt tonight. I have questions for the people have submitted. Good. I've seen a few. So, so. before, you know, you know what I think we might do is I, there are three new t-shirts that he, that they have made that I'm going to read out. But do you want to go ahead before we dip into Mississippi state and go ahead and make this, let's give away some shirts, do the questions and everything. Let's give away right, some so, shirts. So real quick, these are three of the options that y'all could win. And this is great. It says our loud is louder and it has a decibel meter on a football that says 132 decibels. Nice. Because that's what... Is that what we got to? That's what we got to. I, that's not scientific. Don't, don't but, write a paper I have to say that it always does feel a little bit like when you, go to the, when you go to the fair and you hit the thing. I agree. And it's like, yeah. oh, but, wow, you hit that. At, or yeah. like with 4,000 pounds of pressure. Yeah, I was waiting for it to go to like 200 decibels yeah. jet engine. It's a little for speed. Right. Which kills you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is, there's a shirt, you know, my, one of my favorite shirts I got last year uh, was Feels Like 1995, you know, referencing the Braves. Well, this one, this is a good troll. This one says doesn't feel like 1998, yeah, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, which is uh, when but see Tennessee. that's the thing about a shirt like that. You can get that shirt to remember the game, but like Tennessee, like that, we 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 now have moved on. Do you know who cannot get that shirt? Tennessee. Yeah. And the 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 last one. This is also good. In October is for pretenders with the T E N N highlighted. Oh, yes. November oh, yes. is for contenders with the state of Georgia in there. So those are three that you can get. So if their question gets picked, what happens? If their question gets picked, they're going to DM us uh, or we will reach out to them because we have their contact <laughs> information and um, they'll get a free shirt from 7-6 Apparel. Good and so them. what I'm going to do is I'm not going to tell you who the submitter is. I'm going to read the question and then y'all are going to answer it. And then at the end, you, like you two I, are going to determine which one was your best question. Okay. I like that. I mean, I, of course, am ethical in all things, but Will is shady. I am shady. And nature, here's the thing. As all Midwesterners the, there, there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a handful of questions here. So since we still have a, a show to do, let's keep the answers uh, with brevity in mind. Okay. So we're only answering the questions we pick. Well, we're answering the questions that were submitted, and then y'all are going to pick the best oh, question. okay. Fair. All right, so real quick. Here's the first one. Subject title, Leach. Not L-E-I-T-C-H, L-E-A-C-H. Oh, yeah, because like, apparently we're playing his team on, I think on so. Saturday. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Well, um, I'm going to fold up some chairs. And <laughs> so here's the question. Charlemagne was an amazing man. And make note He's got his of, Newsmax t-shirt already for, uh, for the... By the way, it's election night, everyone. Do not vote. Because by the time you hear this, it's too late. <laughs> so I do not want you to go to prison. Do not commit a federal crime. In Florida. Yeah, in, in, Flor- in Florida, they'll shoot you just for thinking about voting uh, after midnight. But uh, it's like being a gremlin. <laughs> You just turn into this this liquidy green monster. All right, so here's the question, and um, yeah, so mark this question in your head. How will Mike Leach's tenure end in Stark Vegas? Example, termination after locking player in equipment shed, <laughs> becoming a missing person after using term fat little girlfriend again, etc. So how will Mike Leach's tenure end in Stark Vegas? Are there any Craig James kids still possibly uh, <laughs> to be uh, to play for him as a um, I you know, he go- killed. Uh, he killed. Uh, he killed a hooker or two. Uh, I'm going to say that it will end in the most boring way possible. 
they'll go two and ten one season and fire yeah. his ass out of the It's door. actually been a little less exciting than uh, I. You than, saw what happened last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they blew a lead to Auburn. Yeah. Don't blow a lead to Auburn. Yeah. A big and, lead. And he folded up all the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> he did. That, that was, and, and also, it's worth noting that Kiffin, you see Kiffin retweeted and be like, okay, this is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> My man, three-year letterman, was all over oh, it. Oh, <laughs> man, it's great. It's great. He didn't believe in chairs. So, so yeah. you think it'll just kind of end with a whimper? Uh, I think it'll yeah. end with a spectacular loss in the Egg Bowl. Yeah. But still too intense. It's kind of a bummer because like I wanted him to be wild. I wanted Mississippi State to wild out. It's actually kind of Mississippi that's more like <sighs> kind of mm-hmm. Although the SEC is better with both of them in the West. Yes, yes. Okay, here's the next question. Okay. You can pick any Georgia football team to play another team from that year in Athens or at their place or bowl game. Which would you love to see? An example, 2007 Georgia versus Texas in the Rose Bowl. Hmm, I see. Oh, so, well, I, I don't want to play Texas in the Rose Bowl, called Mitch Young. But um, so basically, you're saying it's he's saying he wanted to see 2007 Georgia versus 2007 Texas, right? You know, well, uh, I would have said 2007 Georgia versus 2007 USC, but Illinois blocked him. I was gonna uh, say I, I would I want to see that Illinois against Georgia, so you guys will stop complaining about yeah. that all the time. I would like to see 2000. You guys went to the Rose Bowl. You got your Rose Bowl game. Get off our back about it. I would like to see 2012 Georgia play 2012 Notre Dame in Miami. Yeah, that is a great answer. <laughs> that is the correct answer, I would argue. Okay, so we will move on to the next question. Um, it's titled "Topless No More" question. In the context of it possibly moving to home and home, how much of a bucket list destination is the cocktail party? I get that people have been renting and destroying property there for generations, and that tradition is special to them. But for someone outside of that. Is the game day experience something special or just bigger tailgating? Uh, it, I, may I answer this? Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't give you an answer other than to make fun of Jacksonville. I think it's special. Um, uh, we, we can make fun of Jacksonville all you want. Yeah. I think it's special. I'm not making fun of Jacksonville, like the game day environment. I'm just, in general, I'm making Yeah, fun no, of I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's special. And let me tell you, there's three reasons why. First off, um, there are so few true neutral site college football games. Yeah, they're the manufactured ones. Georgia plays in them every year or every other year. But the true rivalry, I hate you and I wish you would stop existing, that only happens three times, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Uh, Army-Navy, Oklahoma and Texas, Georgia-Florida. Two, um, as a result of that, you get a special subset of people who get to go or do go whether that be because it's six hours for them to come to athens or whatever and it's the scene is different look i love tailgating in athens i I tailgate every opportunity i tailgate g day but it's different than that in jacksonville it's more hype it's a whole different thing it has a very much a bowl feel and i will say having gone to the gator bowl twice it's better than the gator bowl it just is and the third thing is, I like beating Florida on the Floridian soil. <laughs> to watch them walk out of there, to watch them... Wait, wait, like you live here. <laughs> right, right. The fact that we, hey, we came to your backyard and whipped your ass, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, if you ask an Oklahoma fan, who would they run? They would rather go 1-12 and 12 and beat Texas and Dallas than they would 
than than to than to lose the little brother and Stillwater or Norman. So I feel same thing. Good answer. Next question. Not realistic, but for the sake of discussion, if Auburn could come up with a ridiculous offer, would Nick Saban entertain it? And conversely, if Saban's agent reached out to Auburn with interest in the opening, would Auburn want him? I think Auburn would want him. I, I, what would be a number? Like, if there is a number, I think there probably isn't a number. But, like, I think there probably is not a number. But, like, I, I would, you, you offer him $40 million a year for 20 years. Like, hey, get into your 90s and we'll just keep paying you and your family. I mean, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla is like, I want that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like there's no reason there's zero reason for doing it outside of a, not just a crazy offer, but like a literally we will take care of all, uh, like until the earth burns up and we all die, you will have so three years. 40. <laughs> we got like, a couple months. Um, so um, yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah. I there. First off. Yes. Auburn. Yeah. Earmuffs everybody. Auburn fans are horse. Yes, they'll do it. There's no second off. <laughs> Love it. All right, next question. It's and This person submitted three questions, but they said, hey, if you're short on time or if you just need to do one, go with the first question. That's what I'm going to go with. It seems to me that the football program at the University of Georgia is in a cultural crossroads. The sunsetting of many notable traditions and customs in pursuit of capitalist reward for better and for worse. Mm -hmm. The passing of Coach Dooley, a clear and definitive departure from a former beloved leader in Mark Richt, a distinct transition past the nascent days of the Kirby Smart era. Amidst what some would lift up or decry in the sport, NIL, coaching carousels, divisional and schedule changes, unprecedented fiscal investments and facilities. Here's the question. In this time of plenty that will not last forever, I ask y'all and our fan base, what is the Georgia way? I like this late stage capitalism kind of question. Um, I would say, A, this is something we've talked about on the show before. I, I would point to Clemson as... Listen, I love tradition. I love, like, I, I never like to miss the uh, Saturday in Athens video. Like, I have, like, it means something to me. It mm -hmm. means something to me to see Herschel Walker run over that guy. And I wasn't even here when that happened. Like, it, like it, 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 Bill Bates. Connection, connection to the, uh, why do you guys even honor him with a name? Um, he's <laughs> just. He don't remember. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he's just roadkill. Um, but, uh like tradition is important that college football doesn't make any sense without tradition. What you do have to do, however, is understand that like, okay, how do we keep this great thing that we have in a world that is changing? I would argue that what Georgia is doing is the correct way to do that. What Clemson is doing is the incorrect way to do that. To like to stubbornly hold on to a past that you don't want to let go of rather than appreciating, no, this is a transition to a new era that the thing is not the right way to do things or the big or or, or the Georgia way. The Georgia way is Saturday. Mm -hmm. That's like this last Saturday is the Georgia way. Some of those players got money from a lot of them got money from NIL deals. Kirby Smart's making more money than God. Uh, there's all, there's all sorts of pyrotechnics and all sort of crazy things that you wouldn't have seen 50 years ago. Uh, they had to fire Mark Rick to do it. Uh, the whole sport is different. There, everything is different across the board. 
Saturday is connected to the past and is connected to the future. And that is, that's what the Georgia way is. The Georgia way, I say this all the time when it comes for people, when people worry about whether they cheer for a team that has a, uh, a felon or a domestic abuser, or if you're a Washington Commanders fan, if you hate Dan Snyder, like how do you cheer? And you should. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> um, how do you cheer for something that is against your values or against the things you care about. But remember, that's not, you're not cheering for Kirby Smart. You're not cheering, like, like, specifically in the moment you might be. But what you're really cheering for is your experience, your life experience, your connection to Georgia football. Someday Kirby Smart is not going to be, someday in all of our lifetimes, I think we'll, I think we've read oh, the so. life. <laughs> uh, he will not be coaching this team. Uh, all the players will be gone. Uh, there I will, definitely hope that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I definitely hope we make it that far. Uh, things will all be different. There will be a different athletic director. There'll be different everything across the board. If you're a Braves fan, like there will be, sometimes they might leave the city of Atlanta and move to a different city entirely. Oh. They're still your team. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did that just, to get, just to get Tony's oh. eyes around. But the point is that like they are a, a thing that you can't control. They, the owners will change, the players will change, everything will change. Saturday was ours. That's the connecting tissue. It's you, they, you remember that game reminded you of LSU, which reminded you of this. And it's the first time we've done that since 84. How many people involved, I guess now that Vince Dooley is gone, how many people <clears throat> are, are connected with the program in that game in 1983 that are here today? Mike Cavins, the maybe? fans. <laughs> the yeah. fans are the only ones. And even well, if you weren't, even if you were alive to do it, I'm connected to people that were there for it. Your kids are connected. To people, your parents were there before. That to me is what the Georgia way is. It's not well. We're paying players now, or the or there's a billion dollar TV contract. Saturday to me was the encapsulation of what's so awesome about rooting for Georgia football and so awesome about being connected to it. That has nothing to do with. Any of that stuff. So uh, that to me is what the Georgia way is. First, I'm not ruining his answer. Second, give that guy a t-shirt. You, th- you think that's the winner? I think that's. The well, winner. that's that's okay. on the list. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Okay. It allowed right. me. It allowed me to go on a riff. I've been wanting we'll, to. to we'll put like him to in the or her. Are we no, still? Well, it's him. Are we still in the ad? By the way. Yeah, we're still in the ad. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have to pay double this. Thanks, week. Chase. Um, Chad. So, Chase. Chase. No, Chad Keller's machine gun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Who is the most recognized dog ever to play in the NFL? Tony Waller. Um, Fran Tarkenton. Fran the Tarkenton. answer Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, Fran Tarkenton is probably Really? Answer. Yeah. Yes. I think, so. I think so. Ever? Yes. Yeah. I would say Fran Tarkenton. I would say he was on. He was in all the media and everything. Yeah. He was yeah. in four Super Bowls. I, see, I'd say Heinz Ward because he was in a Batman movie. Yeah, the last but, four, yeah. the last, last 25 years, Heinz Ward. Yeah. Could have been Herschel. Could have been if no. he hadn't gone to the generals. If he hadn't gone to the generals. All right. Great piece, by the way. I would encourage everyone. Joel Anderson, the sports writer, wrote a great piece about uh, Herschel's history as a player and his connection to George Allen Slate this week. I would recommend reading. Next question. Here's my question. I should, uh, they they wrote that. You can't have a T-shirt. The CFP committee has clearly stated that Ohio State passes the eye test, giving them the nod at number two over Georgia. The same can be said for Michigan over Clemson. But that is not how they rank them. Perhaps the committee is trying to avoid repeat teams making the playoff from last year. How concerned should we be with this committee's unbiased discernment? Not at all. Look, the college football playoff committee has two... you You hit on one of the competing problems that is an optics problem. Is that... 
fans think the college football playoff committee should or does worry about repeats, what it looks like, whatever. But the reality is, is like they really are trying to get the four best teams based on metrices and other stuff they have at their disposal. Right? So having said that, if you end up with two undefeated or three, I mean, look, where would we would see this? And we won't see it after 2026. If you had five undefeated conference champions, let's say Georgia, TCU, uh, Oregon, um, Clemson, Michigan, who do you leave out? Right. How do you leave them out? Well, they're going to have to pick somebody, right? Where we are right now is that they looked at, and, and of course it's only 625 or whatever, we'll know what the actual picks are by the time you listen to this, but let's look at last week's. For example, they picked Tennessee first because they had the quote-unquote best the win. Look. Well, they did have the best win then, right? They, they did. Alabama. You can make Alabama. It you make an argument this there. Uh, we could quibble about Georgia and Ohio State two and three, but four, what are you going to quibble about? Yeah. Five, what are you going to quibble about? There's seven more weeks of football to play, or six more weeks of football to play. Um, the, as it gets closer to December the 3rd, um, realistically what you want to look at is, are they thinking about and talking about, are they thinking about talking about who are the right people for four? Right, three. A lot of people are worried about, like, well, you know, Georgia should be seated one. Whatever. I mean, yes, I want us to play at the Chick Fil A Bowl, right? <laughs> play in Atlanta against the four seed. That matters a little bit, but the reality is, like, all right, well, we got to go to Fiesta Bowl and play the two seed. If the two seed is who would that be now? Uh, TCU, whatever. Okay, whatever. All comers, you got to beat somebody somewhere. And worrying about what it looks like and the conspiracy theories, I'm not a believer in conspiracy theories because no two human beings, any group bigger than two human beings, cannot keep a secret, and they are not capable of agreeing. So, I mean, I... Your lips to God's ears, man. The world would be a lot better if people recognized that that was the truth. There's no question about that. Two more questions. Good. Favorite bourbon to sip on game day and for podcasting? Makers and makers. Sounds good to me. I'd say whatever. I learned it from watching him, Dad. I learned it from watching him. Give them a (laughs) t-shirt. All right. Last question. What was the moment you can remember that got you hooked on UGA football? Like, what was the moment when you turned from a casual fan to being emotionally invested and willing to host a podcast just because you love the program that much? I'll let you go first. Well, my answer is uh, I, the podcast really just came from talking to you guys and watching. Remember, the, we, we, weren't we watching the we weren't watching the, we watched the World Cup, right? World Cup, yeah. So eight years ago, yeah, right? yeah. Or women's World it was Cup. women's World Cup. So six years ago, six years yeah. ago. Uh, and but my moment when I realized, okay, I'm going to get invested in Georgia football. I can say, say this moment specifically, which was the 2012 SEC championship game, which I was watching with my wife, uh, who lo- who you I, had never seen yell, cuss, or throw stuff. I had like I had seen her cut, but mostly it was because of something I had done, and <laughs> and so the uh, uh, you know our son was at that point about a year uh, old, not just barely a year old. 
Uh, we were on the 22nd floor of our apartment in uh, uh, right across the Manhattan Bridge in Brooklyn. And now he's smoking and driving. Yeah. And, uh, yeah <laughs> Shirtless. He is. Yes, he is. And, um, and, and we were watching the game, and we had these beautiful windows that were that you could look out over the street below. We watched all of Sandy, the Hurricane Sandy, from those windows, uh, and uh, we watched the the New World Trade Center be built from those windows. And so, with these beautiful windows, looked out of the street. And I loved that apartment. I know we, it was the last part we lived in New York, and we were watching that game. And literally at the end of the second quarter, middle of the second quarter, we were like, we should like host. We just moved in like a couple months earlier. Like we should like host something for the for the national championship for the for the for the, for the national championship game. We should like. I said that and she looked at me she's like I will gut you like a fish for saying that out loud because I didn't understand how this worked and by the middle of the fourth quarter I thought she was going to throw mm-hmm. my office chair through one of those beautiful windows onto an unsuspecting public on this I wonder like that poor that poor person that would have died from a chair <laughs> office chair landing on them wondering what has made this happen and the answer would have been Georgia football so that was the moment where I realized okay I got it. there's it made me realize the story of Georgia football. It made me realize that they were connected to the Cubs, the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. the Boston, the previously Boston Red Sox. It made you realize that this was that special thing of a dedicated fan base that has been frustrated for a really, really long time, but is still good enough to have big relevant moments. And yeah. that was when I got invested. Yeah. So for me, it's a lot longer back than that. Yeah, I um, hope so. <laughs> so I so just so you understand where um, just so you understand where I come from right my dad who grew up in uh, Ben Hill County and he graduated high school in 61 his uh, just to take you back a whole different world mm-hmm. Georgia Tech was really really good they wow. were the, they were the preeminent power in the state of Georgia um, he became a George fan because he's a contrarian by trade. <laughs> and so he became a George fan because his best friend, Matthew Cohen, was a tech fan. So let's flash forward a few years to my dad, my parents, just a couple young folks, just like you know, doing their mm-hmm. thing in an apartment in Atlanta. My dad worked for Pinkerton Detectives so he could get in free to Georgia games as, <laughs> as a security guard mm-hmm. to watch those games. That's where I come from, right? That's right. where I come from as a George fan. So 1978, um, uh, Pierce County's playing somebody in midget football, uh, all-star playoffs. We are driving back from wherever that is, listening. I am laying on the floor. Just tell you how old this is. <laughs> my dad's conversion van. No one was in a seat or wearing a seatbelt. We're listening to George and Rex Robinson in case the game went in field goal. That's the moment I became a George fan. Like, I was a George fan before, but that's the moment that's where, the moment, right. that's the moment where while I was mowing the grass <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon, I literally was holding a transistor radio to my ear, yeah. turned all the way up so I could listen to Larry Munson. <laughs> that's the moment where I decided that no matter what happened, I wasn't going to give up on them. I lied. I went to the bathroom when Lindsey Scott called the pass. I was in the bathroom. I thought my mama was messing with me. So that's when it happened. 1978, Georgia, Kentucky. That's uh, that's, uh, a check. And now look what happened to you. 
right? It's <laughs> I mean, and then I was like, one day there'll be podcasting and I'm going to do it. Right. Well, I'll give mine real quick. Um, I grew up not a Georgia fan. My, I'm the son of an Emory grad and a TCU grad. So uh, there was no, um, you know, like, hey, let's go to the Georgia game this weekend. I was more of Falcons, Braves, Hawks, uh, Atlanta sports uh, focus. But my cousin graduated from Georgia Tech, and he would take me a lot to the Georgia Tech games. If you were listening last week, that's why I was at the Georgia Tech-Virginia Tech 6-3 to game in 1990. And needless to say, it didn't really rub off really good on me. I was, I was kind of bored on that. So I went to my first Georgia game in 1992 with my dad, um, and they played a team that no longer fields football anymore. It was Cal State Fullerton. Oh. Georgia won like 72-6 to six or something like that. But that. it became... Uh, important to me, uh, my freshman year at Georgia, uh, it was 1994, back when we played Auburn in the even years before the, the bait and switch happened. Um, Georgia was not very good that year. Um, they, they went down to Auburn. Auburn had a 13-game win streak with tiny little Terry Bowden coaching them. Tater-tot. Yeah, tater-tot. And so I went down to the game, didn't go to the game, never even considered buying a ticket. I went to the fraternity house. I was a Sigma Chi at Georgia, and I wanted to go – wear my Sigma Chi t-shirt down to the Sigma Chi house at Auburn. And I did. And we had a great time. They were very welcoming and everything. But Georgia tied Auburn that game. They broke their unbeaten streak. Mm -hmm. And the Auburn bros couldn't handle it. I mean, think about it. I mean, back when ties uh, were a thing, I mean, that was as bad as losing, basically, especially if you had a 13-game win streak. And just to feel it, on another campus. Even though I wasn't in Jordan-Hare, I was on campus, had the time of my life as an 18-year-old freshman at Georgia, and that was kind of the moment where I became a Georgia fan in enemy territory um, you know, down there. So, and then, and then flash forward to meeting Will and Tony. I mean, back in 2015, I'd met Will, and I met the Tony first person through Will. I met in, in Georgia. Yeah, we, I met him through Alexa and Jennifer grew up together. And so I met Will and then Will introduced me to Tony. And we were literally, it took all of 20 minutes to say, hey, we should do a podcast. Because I was like, I'm dabbling in this whole podcast thing. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is uh, Scott and I were talking because I had the Georgia Sports blog. And Scott was like, we should do a podcast. And Will, like mm-hmm. offhand said, we should have. I do that with y'all. I'm yep. just like I looked at I looked at this guy. It's like we're not messing this up, right? That's not what I said, but <laughs> yeah. just that was, that was basically it. So the question to you, gentlemen: Which question gets the T-shirt? There can only be one. All right, rules are rules. Let's roll through them fast. Just we won't answer. Okay, them. we had the the leech tenure question. Okay, um, the pick a team question. Okay, the cocktail party question. Okay, Saban to Auburn question. Okay, the cult- cultural crossroads question. Okay. Um, the most recognized dog question, the college football playoff question, um, the the bourbon question, and then this question. About All right, what? so you pick one, I'll pick one, and we'll pick one together. My pick is the cultural crossroads question. Damn it. Um, if I, if you were going to pick that one, just go ahead and pick it, and we can move I, on. You're not going to be able to read my chicken scratch. Um, cocktail party. Okay. Cocktail party question? Yeah. What do you think, the last one? How we became dog fans. How we That's came a good one, this. too. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I know I, I can't be a tiebreaker because I feel like I'm, you know. I'm, you should Maybe you should pick one. No, no I can't. I can't. Okay, let's, you know who's doing them. Because I know the. Yeah. You know, oh, you know the I've already. Yeah. All so. right, let's do the last one. Okay, the last one? I'm yeah. Good. Let's do it. Okay. 
All right, so the last one is Mike Lionbarger. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> oh, wait. That guy. At MPH Dog. That was a good question because that was really the only one I answered. Yeah. Um, so I do think that one was a good one. I like the culture cross. That feels like a whole other que- a podcast. That yeah, it does. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal too. who asked the questions. Cool. cool they cool. were good. They know that. You know they, what you did. They know that they asked the questions. <laughs> so, so uh, But they were all excellent, and we thank you for that. And thank you, 7-6 Apparel, longest commercial ever, yeah. for sponsoring this. Mike, get in touch with us, and you are the proud owner of a new 7-6 apparel shirt. We've gone long enough in this podcast that like we can't really talk go about too much. State. We should probably talk about Mississippi State for a second. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good point. We should. Um, so, early in the season, Mississippi State liked to run the football, which was off type for yeah. them. Um, the past couple of games, they haven't been able to because, you know. Yeah. So, here's the thing. We have been Mike Leach observers, if you've listened to this podcast, for quite a long time. But just because... He's interesting. He brings something different to the table. And the offense he runs is pure, uncut, run and shoot. Right? Um, so Has he made any adjustments? Never. Like, yeah, yeah. Never. So he learned the run and shoot with Hal Mummy right. at some community college in Iowa. And then he went somewhere else. And then he went with Hal Mummy to Valdosta State. If you like these sorts of things, there's a little bit of a Georgia. Uh, uh, there's a great book that I've re- about this right. that I reviewed. The Perfect that's Pass. The Wall Street Journal. Perfect Pass is what it is. There's a little bit of a connection with Stetson Bennett and Mike Leach in that uh, Stetson Bennett's freshman coach uh, played for Mike Leach at Valdosta State before he went and quit coaching at Pierce County and hatefully became a quitter. Um, so. Like, what we're going to see, the, the fact that this year, that Mike Leach, early in the season, ran the football willingly and not out of necessity, yeah. is uh, an entire paradigm shift for what his entire thing in the offense was. Look, Mike Leach routinely at, at Washington State um, would go 7-4. and four. He was going to yeah. lose a couple of games. He had no business losing. He was going to lose one game to an FCS team because that's what he did. And he was going to lose to Washington. He was going to have a wild upset win. Right? Yeah, he was yeah, going to crazy yeah. out. He beat, he beat USC, USC or and, yeah. UCLA or Utah. But he was going to lose to Washington because the Washington coaching staff said, we knew exactly what I was doing, right. and we were able to stop it he every time. He could never beat Washington. They always crushed him. Right. Right. I think the analysis you want for this game is, is you think Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann and redacted because he is a secret agent <laughs> is not going to figure out what Mike Leach is trying to do and figure out a way to stop him. I mean, I think that's the analysis for this game. Uh, you know, their their quarterback, Will Rogers, yeah, not, not, not the Cowboy. or No, no that's Roy Rogers. Not the Conjures, uh, not the Cowboy, also not the guy that was uh, – Space Ranger, Lost uh, Buck Rogers, Buck Rogers, but he's uh, and that's what Robinson is less. Yeah, space. he's fifth in the nation in passing at twenty nine hundred yards on yeah. the season. Yeah, he's got a bunch of three hundred twenty five yard games where he throws. He goes, he goes twenty nine of thirty seven with two touchdowns, three interceptions. Okay. I mean, look, I, 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 I we're not getting into predictions quite yet, <laughs> but. There's an entire world where Will Rogers 
um, throws 300 yards against Georgia, and they still only score 17 points. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just because, bet- hey, between the 5 and the 20, Will Rogers is money. That's always been the thing about Leach's offenses. It's like they require space. They require space because you're making – I mean, you can Google – you can Google the air raid. You can Google how mummies air raid or will uh, will leach. Mike leaches perfect pass. Air perfect pass is the book. The perfect pass is the book. You can Google that, but it's basically they play off what the the cornerbacks or whoever's covering the receiver does. George is going to force them outside and make Rogers make 50-50 passes all night. And it, I like our cornerbacks against their receivers. Their receivers are fine. They're not Caleb ducking. 396 yards, receiving eight touchdowns. He does a duck walk when he scores. Well, he's not doing that this week. <laughs> um, but, look, but look, Tennessee has better receivers. And it's not that Tennessee, like, the the defensive game plan is different against them. But they, when they run, it's Dylan, whatever his name is. Um, Dylan Johnson. Dylan Johnson. DJ. Did you go about DJ? Or Jaquavius Marks. Yeah, but it's, it's mostly Johnson, Damn. right? I mean, he had... He had a, like 124 yards the first three, like 124 yards pretty consistently the first three games. But he's been averaging like he's got six, 406 on the year, right? But he's been averaging like 60 yards a game since then because defense is like you know what, we're just gonna leave a safety in to make your life miserable. Mm-hmm. That's what George's gonna do. Okay, it's worth noting by the way if you want to go, if you want I'm assuming get in now, price. Probably, get in price is like sixty five bucks. Oh god, I'm so and like pretty good seats. So mad. Like if like if you like I don't, this is I feel like I'm curious what kind of Georgia. You know, Georgia famously travels really well. Rob will be there, but like Rob will be there. So uh, yeah, I think, this feels I think like a good crowd. Yeah, I think it'd be good, but this feels like a little bit like a. Whew, can I catch my breath a little bit after Tennessee? No, I don't think the team will do that. But fan base wise, like again, we've been taping for an hour and just brought up the uh-huh. game. Like at a certain level, this is an ultimate like you know what, what they call the look ahead. Uh, oh sure, yeah, like trap yeah. game. Yeah, uh, it feels it feels a little that when this was a game that began the year, one of the ones we were most worried about. Sure. So, but I do think we've learned something about Georgia a little bit now. I can see. We'll get into we we'll get the predictions. This feels like a game that may we may sweat out a little bit more than we'd like, or maybe it takes a little bit longer to get control of the game than you'd like it to. Just because I don't see how you could like. Come on, like Saturday ruled, and like everybody involved with it is going to remember that game for a really really long time. Georgia has to play on the road against a generally pretty loud stadium yep. in a weird place at night. Like, you can see curveballs being thrown here or there. I can see this game taking a little longer to get control than even the Tennessee game did. Um, though I don't know how you could. And it's their first true it. road game since yeah. Missouri. Yeah. And Mississippi State is 5 0 home this year. If all that happens, um, ignore what I said the first 35 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, this definitely feels like a. Like it just. I'll just put it this way. Like obviously, Georgia's better, and they're, they're well, they're they're well they're well positioned pretty much across the board. It would de- like. The, I think that speaks to the vibe shift that we we're kind of talking about. The idea that like, in, in in a lot of other contexts, this would be a game that you'd be a little worried about. Like you're again night game, fire team. They're six and three. This is not a bad team. They stretch of the. No, they're a good team, and uh, and it's a guy that's funky and can do weird stuff. I just 
think Georgia answered a, a whole bunch of questions last week that uh, I, I, it's hard to it's hard to see Mississippi State pulling off. You can see them pulling a punch or two. Uh, it's hard to see it. I don't know. And I, frankly, also part of it is that like this Georgia team looks a lot more mature than it did at the That's end of right. October. Yeah. At the beginning of October, like they look more mature than they did against Missouri. Like it's, and I think that is part of it too. That's why the Missouri game may have been quite good for them. Yeah, night game, yeah. hostile environment. Yeah. It was hostile. They, they, who was it? Uh, their former quarterback was saying that he would, drinks were on him. Yeah. If Missouri had beat Georgia, Chase Daniels. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So yeah, when you say that, Will, all I can think about is that. So. Just just lay this out here. I'm going to be in Phoenix uh, this week. Uh, I need Georgia to be ahead at halftime uh, enough for I don't have to like be rude at dinner, right? right, right. Because uh, I've I've some meetings out there, some other stuff going on. Where and you'll be like three hours behind, won't you? Two hours, two hours. Yeah. So the game kicks off at remember five. it's a Central Time Zone. The game is that's central. right. Yeah, it was well, seven p.m. for us, but Man, Arizona gonna... does not change. Oh, yeah. they don't. No, they so don't it's change. an hour behind. It's where the game two is. hours behind. No, is that seven p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Central. Uh, central, five p.m. Mountain. And uh, they're in Mountain, or uh, they're in Mountain now. So they're actually, an hour behind Mississippi. Actually, they're Pacific Standard Time, but I don't want to get the people of Arizona mad with me. Right. Sorry. So um, I'm so confused. Right, it's fine. We'll we'll do a chart in a minute. Um, <laughs> we'll have Governor Lake. So we have. Shut your mouth when you talk to me. <laughs> so um, I mean, my meetings end up early enough that I can get a little lubricated and watch some football for a couple of hours before we go to dinner. Um, but look, what I'm looking for this is Georgia establishing themselves. Um, the the thing that. Mississippi State has struggled with. I, I talked for a long time about when Mississippi State has the ball, when Georgia has the ball, they've really struggled with the short passes. They they just they've been fine on the long pass. They've been fine with the run, but Georgia does it all. Yeah, Georgia does it all. They you know the whether I mean we don't do the true bubble screen, but you know. You know, I found it interesting, McIntosh catching a pass 25 yards downfield right up the middle. Yeah. yeah. That was so that was beautiful. Nice. That just, that's the sort of thing you do so that whoever you play in the semi or the national championship or SEC championship yeah. is like, well, I guess I won't sleep tonight worrying about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Um, yeah, that's funny. So, but I just don't, they don't have, Mississippi State does not have the athletes to stop the perimeter passing that Georgia lived on the first six of the season and that is what makes me think that this game I'm not I mean it won't be over by halftime but you can relax enough by halftime you don't have to worry about it is will the game be closed for a while yeah yeah because Mississippi State is quicker there is quick strike is Tennessee they're quick strike in a different way and you throw in all the emotions of last week and the letdown possibility and Klinga and all that. Yeah, I could see Georgia giving up a touchdown soon, right? I could see that happening early. But by halftime, you're rolling enough that you don't worry about it. Yeah. All right. As according to uh, Fun Office Pools, Tony, you are back sniffing first place. 
Tony's in third place total with 483 points. Made me sound creepy. <laughs> sniffing. Yeah, that's a that's a tough adjective right there. Um, second, you're sniffing up um, entry deleted by admin. They're a point ahead of you, and the overall leader. I didn't delete any entries. Uh, the overall leader who you're sniffing up on is Crazy Legs. Nice. Uh, 488 points. To round out the top five, you got Uncle Bear at number four, 479 points. And some say Bennett is still drunk at 474 points, ranked number five. Some others to note. Uh, Parrish, Walton, eighth place, 471. Bass and Dog, ninth place, 470. Will Leach, 12th place, 465. Our friend Julie Moon, 20th place, 459. Lawyer Mama. Isn't that? It is my wife. That's Kristen. Uh, 44th place, 445. The highest points. she's ever been. Yeah. And ever. someone else, the highest he's ever been. I've made a run. Come I'm on. at 54th. Wow, I was in like the hundreds. I'm at 440 points. And tied with me is my son, Walker. See what happens. When He's extra salty when he found that out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to do something about your fancy team, though. Your fancy team's falling apart. Yeah, this year. yeah. No, no, no. Might wanna, I might played wanna, them this week. Be yeah, cool. Yeah, might want to say something to him. Yeah. Um, uh, ranked 122nd, UGA carry. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Robert mentioned, Dog Fan 1980, 25th place, yeah. 455. So good luck. Good luck. Women I hope and we men. have some trivia. I do. Also, also, Georgia basketball started its first game. By yeah, the way. yeah, it was a good, good win. To go in Western. fact, next week we are doing this show in live from going. No, no, we're going to do it here. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> we wouldn't want the crowd noise to mess with. I'd our be afraid audio. that security well, we guard house. We can do whatever we want. But... I'd be afraid that security guard that's always there. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be afraid he'd come that tackle guy. me. He's the best. He's, the best, he's, he's got a also, serious face. He's, I assume he's an offensive analyst for Georgia football. He is very serious, but that one time he was like, "I'm watching your boys grow up," and I was like, "Oh man, you're the best." Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and because uh, he never changes expression. But next week uh, we are taping Monday. Yep. Because afterwards we are going to the Georgia Miami of Ohio basketball game. And we if you we can tape at my place if you want to tape every week. If I squint, can I see the hurricane? Is that how it goes? Different. See, Miami. Different Miami. Georgia Miami versus Miami. Miami. Yes. They're, They're the Red Hawks. They're the Red Hawks. The okay. Ibises. One of the eight schools in the state of Utah. Iowa. Uh, no, Ohio. <laughs> Miami of Utah. Ohio. Did I say Utah? I'm in Ohio. Miami of Ohio. Uh, yes, we've been Miami. podcasting for too long. All right. UCF. So anyway, next week. Next week. We, we, we can do it in one eye and just walk over to the game. Yeah, it sounds good. Should I bring my swimsuit? I no, mean, no, no, no. Be no. kind of weird. You can bring it. Don't put it on and get in the water. You sure <laughs> okay. you can have it with you? It's like a security blanket or your baba. UCF at Tulane. Um, UCF is nine and two all time in this match, in this matchup or series. They've won four in a row. And so, my question to y'all, we're gonna we're gonna inject some trivia into these. Uh, my question to y'all is, what is the name of the stadium that Tulane plays in? Oh, Shulman. I don't know. I think you you kind of know it. It's Yulman Stadium. Yulman, not Shulman. Yulman. Uh, opened in 2014. It's yeah. kind of a new stadium. Their opening game, they lost to Georgia Tech. Two former um, SEC members played yeah. each other. Uh, they lost to Georgia Tech. It holds 30,000 people. It's around the corner from where our um, Airbnb was. Our Jinx Airbnb yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, I was thinking it was called Tulane Stadium because I'd heard that there was a Tulane Stadium. It was torn down like in the 80s. Yeah, the Sugar it Bowl hosted was played there for the first three Super Bowls. 15 years. And Sugar Bowls. Yeah, it had like 80,000. 
50 years. Yeah. Very fond. Also, the Green Wave is the uh, nickname for the Mattoon High School. So uh, we love really we love that we are the Green Wave. And the Green Wave is ranked 16th, 8-1, and one, and UCF is uh, ranked 22nd, 7-2. and two. Could have been game day. Could have been game day this week. Would have been Where are they going? Uh, Austin. Yeah, okay. Tulane's playing that UCLA. How do you have a game day in New Orleans? Come on, man. Like, why is this hard? Tulane's playing UCLA in the Cotton Bowl. Give me Tulane. I got Tulane as well. Speaking of uh, bowl projections. Oh, we'll get to that. Okay, fine. Fair, fair. I'll take Tulane. Yeah. All right. Good. I just good, had to good, shush Will. Good, cut me off with the pass. Uh, all right. Next, uh, we have the Horned Frogs visiting the Longhorns. Texas leads this series 64, 27, and 1. But the last 10 meetings, TCU is 7 and 3. These are two of the 12 FBS college football teams in the state of Texas. Can you name the other 10? Okay, let's go. Back and forth. All um, right. Okay. Uh, sorry, okay. Texas. Texas. Well, TCU. Are, yeah, okay, I know. So you knock those out. Okay. TCU. Uh, Baylor. Baylor is Te- correct. Texas Tech. Texas Tech is correct. Texas A&M. Houston. That's correct, and that's correct. Um, you said A&M, right? Yes. Okay. This is FBS, right? FBS schools. Yeah. Um, There's six more. Uh, North Texas. That's correct. UTSA. The uh, UTSA is correct. Texas State. That is correct. So there's three left. SMU. That's correct. Ah, good one. Um, shoot. Now I'm in trouble. Um, Texas Arlington is not. Um, yeah. But... But um, is there an Arlington? There's a uh, there's a Texas. It's not San Antonio. Nope. Um, we just we already that. said that. Uh, te- hey, I'm gonna get there. Texas. Think Marty Robbins. That's a. Uh, oh, that, 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 now I'm off track. Um, um, I don't think I have it. Uh, El Paso. UTEP. UTEP is the one? Okay. That's it. I was right in that Marty yeah. Robbins reference, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Okay, then who, am I, who else are I missing? Go, Hold no. on, wait. There's one more. I missed it. Who else said? Texas, A&M, Baylor. Oh, I wait. I SMU, TCU. We, we missed an obvious one. Who? Texas Tech. We haven't talked. We haven't no, you've Texas. mentioned Oh, we said Texas Tech? Texas Tech. I think we said Texas Tech. UTEP, North Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas State. Texas Antonio. You said, said that. You said TTSA. I, did, I, I have, said UTSA. I should have no. charted this. Yeah. You should Would you like for me to give it to you? Yeah, since just, we, and Baylor. And Rice. Rice. Ah, Are they? Rice. They're Division One. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Not yeah. very good, but they're Division Everybody's one. favorite Wake Forest of Houston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do you got? Rice. I forget about Rice. Who's playing? <laughs> TCU, Texas. <laughs> oh, TCU. I said TCU is one of the, the I got, Big 12. I got the Longhorns. I have to say, someone's. I kind of feel like someone's going to bite tech TCU. Uh, maybe I mean, the, they've been living on Maybe the it's edge. in the Big 12 championship game. But like I feel like they're a little like Clemson. Like yeah. someone, someone's gonna get them. I picked, I picked the traditional power to beat Clemson last week. I am also taking Texas, I, and I did too. Pick yeah. the traditional power to beat Clemson, and I am picking Texas. And I'm third place in the pool. What do you know? Uh, okay, but we're 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 we're, we're, we're sniffing up on you. Is that right? <laughs> no, we're not. All right, Miami at Georgia Tech. This series is tied at 13 games apiece, so somebody's going to come out on top. What's Georgia Tech's record? They are four and <laughs> Better five. Better than Miami. Four and five. And That's Miami what I'm is four and five. So, what's so Georgia, do we have Georgia Tech's schedule? Can you, we can have what they have remaining. Yes, that's what I mean. So, Georgia Tech, they're both four and five. Uh, after this game, they have two games left. Georgia Tech plays uh, at 
UNC and then oh. at Georgia. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never and mind. then Miami <laughs> plays. Win this game. Yeah, yeah, Miami plays at Clemson and then hosts Pitt. I had a brief hope that maybe Georgia Tech could get in the playoff, could get in the bowl, but that's not happening now. Um, yeah, it's a battle for bowl eligibility, yeah. really. The winner stays it really is alive. Not. Yeah. It's not. Not with North Carolina and Georgia. Yeah, not with North Carolina uh, and Georgia. A combined one loss. Also, yeah, good. No. That's a good for him, man. Like, I, I encourage them to hire the interim Absolutely. and keep him Always. on that job. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia Tech just to make that conversation. Give me Georgia Tech. Bit. I've got Georgia Tech as well. I mean, but. Is this their last, so this is their last home game. So get make sure you get out yeah. to Bobby to Barker Stadium, too. Yeah, um, I have a. I have a three-hour flight to Phoenix on Thursday, so I will be however, long this, be however long this podcast is. Oh, is the Citadel home this week? The Citadel's right by where we're going to be. Anyway, so go ahead. I'll go ahead and look. <laughs> the Citadel. I've always I love the Citadel both beat Tech and it's, South it's, Carolina. It's not as easy to get to as you might think. The, the Citadel Stadium? Well, it's right next to where Charles, the River Dogs play. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He knows. I thought it's it was right, on. It's right. No, Paris it's right, Island or something. It's not near Paris no, Island. No, it's literally right next to where the. the, the it's down, play. It's not downtown, but okay. it's in town. They actually do play at two o'clock against VA Lynchburg, Virginia Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. Is that near Liberty? Also not. Also not a Division One team. How about Liberty beating Arkansas? I can't even. Man. Not even snow justice in the world. Or something out for Sam. Uh, all right. Uh, Louisville at Clemson. Clemson seven and zero since 2014 versus Louisville. The last time in Death Valley they played, uh, Clemson won 77 to 16. That's the, that's about what they're going to be about this week. Yeah, yeah. So Clemson lost last week to Notre Dame, and my experience with Dabo is that. By the way, I love what you said. Dabo unhappy equals me happy. Oh my gosh! Um, but Clemson's going to beat them by so many points oh, yeah. this week. This, this, this is the this this is the, this it's is a get right game. This is what uh, um, you can't really use this joke anymore. But this was like this is like after someone when they come home and kick the dog. Mm. Like it's just like they've had like. Wait a minute, are dogs protected now? No, no, I just I just feel like like. Talking about animal abuse is not something I want to be on record okay. for. But How like about the, cats? It's so a we term about you used to do. It's a term that you, you used to always say that, like, yeah, you go home and you kick the dog. It's a term, and, yeah. yeah. It's just a term. Not do we reality. hate raccoons Do enough? not actually kick dogs. Yeah, Will doesn't even have a dog to kick. Yeah. And if I did, I can assure you there would be no kicking. Right. I think, I think uh, Louisville has a chance. They've won four in a row in this season. But I think Clemson's going to win. I, if Louisville wins this, I will. I would be, love be to fun. be wrong, but I'm going to pick Clemson. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. All right, moving on to Washington, ranked 24th at Oregon, ranked six. Washington leads this series 60 to 48. What's the spread on this game? This spread is minus 13 and a half, favored by Oregon. Oregon's still projected to be. Potentially sniffing around the playoffs. That's the word of the day, sniffing. Uh, Washington is projected to play in the Las Vegas Bowl versus either Mississippi State or South Carolina. Because so SEC lucky. teams are going to Las Vegas They're so now. lucky. God. <laughs> um, I'm taking Oregon. If I put this game in here, because that 13.5 points is a lot. Right? Yeah. I mean, Penix isn't, hasn't looked really good. He's, He's been a little bit. You said Penix. <laughs> I did. Uh, I'll take Oregon. Which is two penises. As <laughs> we know. I'm taking Oregon. I am too taking Oregon. All right, so we have one lone Big Ten game to pick. 
Uh, it happens to be Purdue. Illinois. It's a biggin. Uh, Illinois. Big Illinois. Okay, let's have our little Illinois minute. I, I have to say I was very kind of honored by the number of Georgia fans that reached out to me mm-hmm. in their joy and rapture this week to note that to give their condolences for sure. Illinois <laughs> losing to Michigan State. It was a very ugly game. The, the Illinois is probably due for a game like that. Uh, but it is worth noting that I, I know I kind of joked about that. I, I, I was with grave seriousness that Illinois was going to make the college football playoff. I did not actually think that there was any real possibility that Illinois was going to make the college football playoff. What I wanted was, hey, I just wanted a bowl game. We already got that part. Mm-hmm. Now I want to win the Beacon West. Y'all, and the loss to Michigan State did not hurt. Play an extra game in Indianapolis. Yes, it did not hurt the opportunity to do that. If Illinois, Illinois is still, I think, uh, 65% to win the Big Ten West. If they win this game, it will go up to like nine, all over that to be Northwestern. Mm. And uh, it can get killed by Michigan and still, still make it. So um, this is the game. This is the game. I think the weather's good. The, part of the Illinois problem was the weather. The weather was a big mess for them uh, in that game, and uh, kind of messed with the whole thing. And they also just didn't play. Wait, very the well. running game? Uh, no, it just messed with the short passing game. Okay, it messed with the short passing game. They had. They, did you see that Illinois went I, on third and fourth down? Went like through like three fourteen and two. Yeah, they went like three for sixteen on third and fourth. Like that's a great way to lose. They went zero for six on fourth down. Oh. Like that's a really awesome way to lose, including th- four of those in Michigan State zone. Like just mm. a, that game was in Champagne. It was too. in Champagne. It was the it was windy and it was just a mm. big 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 mess. So, uh, so what did you say? It was November. It was no. It was November in Illinois. Uh, I uh, yeah, we're Illinois football. We can't be trusted. I think they're winning this game, and I think they're going to go to the Big Ten Championship game. It's worth noting, by the way, I am not going to the Big Ten Championship game. If they make it this week, kind of assured, I want to be in, I want to be in Atlanta to see what Georgia's doing. So, because um, rather than go watch Illinois lose by 40 to Ohio State, I will watch Georgia win, and then I will go to a sports bar and watch and just be happy Illinois fan watching them lose by 40 rather than, than trying to travel all the way across so the country. So you've got Illinois? I'm picking Illinois in this game. I-L-L. I-N-I, baby. I'm picking Illinois as well. And I also, before we move on, I looked at bowl projections. CBS and ESPN have two very interesting matchups. I was going to bring up the ESPN one. May I, may I bring yeah, up absolutely. the ESPN one? Yeah, absolutely. So our uh, uh, Georgia resident, Mark Schleybaugh. Uh, great dude. I'm, I'm assuming probably plenty of people have met Mark. Lives close by. He very has a famous dog. Very, very good dude. Had. Um, Had. Uh, picked. A, uh, what, what was the actual bowl game? Well, there's two, and I don't know which one Schleyball said. Schleyball was the one that is the really exciting matchup. Okay, well, I just I'm gonna, don't remember the game itself. I, I, they're both exciting. So No, I know who they play. I mean the actual bowl. I don't know. He oh, didn't, okay. he didn't write it I didn't write it down, I believe, but I will, I will tell you the two, what CBS and then ESPN picked. Uh, what ESPN picked? I know what ESPN picked. I know what Schleyball picked. I was just wondering if you knew okay, the they're both, game. But both games are on January 2nd. Mm. Uh, the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. Okay, that's the that's okay. the CBS one versus Florida. Yes, but Schleyball. Okay, the, is the Citrus Bowl versus against your Alabama Crimson. There we tie. go. I texted oh. our friend Matt. Our friend Matt Dare, <laughs> that's got to be the Outback Bowl. I'm having dinner with Matt Adair tomorrow night, and we have so much to discuss. Yes, about uh, about Could Illinois playing Alabama. I, I mean, like, I want Bama. I can say it as an Illinois fan for once in my life. I want Bama. And it's on the table now, right? Yeah. 
It's on the Illinois has got like basically what what Schleybaugh is saying there is Illinois is probably going to lose to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Illinois has fallen below Penn State now. So basically, what he's uh, so really? I don't I don't think it's going to happen because I think they'll put Penn State in that spot if they get a chance to do Penn State against Alabama. They'll do Penn State against Alabama. So I love the idea. I think Alabama probably needs another loss to fall to Illinois range. And mm-hmm. If that happens, it's probably not the Citrus. The Citrus Bowl is not. This was not connected to anything, right? This is an outside the the WAPO. The Citrus Bowl is not connected. No. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, all, it's almost always Big Ten. SEC. Oh, it is yeah. almost, but it's not connected to the New Year's Six. No, so that's Alabama falling out of that, which is yeah. certainly possible. It t- could definitely happen. And and Illinois uh, and Penn State getting in is basically what that requires. Be fun. It, it would be, be. I mean, it would not be fun, but it would be fun. <laughs> but you would that, that would have to be the Citrus Bowl, right? Yeah, SEC yeah. versus. Yeah, Big you'd Ten. have to do like a teeny tiny little fifteen minute podcast that we could yeah. publish and see yeah. if anybody wanted to listen For the to real it, hits. like a preview show. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Here, I'll make I'll make the call here. We will publish an individual episode. Might be fifteen minutes long. It'll be an Alabama and Illinois preview minutes. show. <laughs> it's not a part of canon, but it's a stub episode. Right. Right. Something like that. Right. Right. Stand, it's by the way, long. the college football playoff rankings just came out. What are and? Georgia is number one. What? Georgia is number one. Would you like to hear yeah. uh, the rest of the rankings? If you'll give me a moment. I'll also know. means we've been doing this for two hours. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're still good on time. We have to we have to speed it up. Here are uh, your... Uh, your oh, I would say second. Uh, number four. Wait, what's two? No, one three. is Georgia. Two is Ohio State. Two is Ohio State. Three is TCU. Three is Michigan. <gasps> oh, four is TCU. Four is TCU. Yeah. Number five. Tennessee. LSU. Tennessee? Tennessee okay. is five. Six, Oregon. Uh, that's a good question. Six is... Uh, not, the feed is not coming back. Yeah, no, that sucks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so five. Five. Clemson is ten. <laughs> Ooh. Tennessee is eight. Alabama is nine. And Illinois is 21. God, they're so spicy. Okay. Being behind a two-loss team, wow. All right, now uh, Texas A&M and Auburn, both teams are three and six. One will be eliminated uh, from uh, bowl, bowl contention. contention at this game. Remember, uh, Texas A&M didn't go to their bowl game last year. Five in a row, A&M has lost. People were talking about them as a playoff contender <laughs> heading into this year. I have not be Well, people. after this game, A&M plays... A home game versus UMass, and then uh, a home game versus LSU. Auburn has a home game versus Western Kentucky, and then goes to Bama. And both teams are what? Are four are and six? Three and six. Three and six. And so neither team's going to a bowl. No team's going to a bowl game. Not. Yeah, yeah but they still they keep their hopes alive. The winner does. The, what could possibly be more damning? What for Texas A&M. The funniest is if Texas A&M loses to Auburn with, a, with an interim coach. Well, and, that's yeah, the funniest. Kind of like Williams. Yeah. Is there interim? I don't like Cadillac Williams. So give me the give me Auburn. I am taking Texas A and M. I'm taking Auburn. Then we got Vanderbilt at Kentucky. Kentucky has won six in a row in this matchup. Oregon is six, by the way. Tennessee That's is five. Oregon six. LSU is seven. Next week, Kentucky will host Georgia, and they will play on CBS. It will be Kentucky's seventeenth all-time appearance on CBS. It'll be Georgia's eighty seventh appearance <laughs> since since uh, since nineteen ninety six when CBS started doing this. How many times has Vanderbilt, who's playing Kentucky, and that's what we're talking about? How many times has Vanderbilt been on CBS? Four, two, five. 
They're one and four on CBS. Um, I've got Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Cats. Yeah. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. I haven't done that nearly right. enough. And year. we've just got a few more. We've got South Carolina at Florida. Um, Florida is 29-10-3 versus South Carolina. How many times has South Carolina... Okay, think about that. Florida is 29-10-3 all time versus the Gamecocks. How many times has South Carolina won since 1992 when the SEC expanded? Oh, since 1992? Yeah. One. Three. They've won seven times. Wow. Seven times. And they've only won ten times in the whole series of this of this matchup. In the last 12 meetings, it's split six and six. Really? Yeah. So, having said all that, I still what got Florida. Is that game? This game's late, right? Yeah. I think it's a four o'clock SEC network. I got to tell you, Tennessee sure looks like they might make the playoff now. If you're putting them at five now, they don't. They have a very easy schedule moving forward. They don't have to play in the SEC championship game. I mean, I all you I, need is one Ohio State. Michigan's going to lose. I guess at that point you have to think who is Oregon playing in the SEC, uh, the Pac-12 championship. If they play another one-loss team and beats them, they jump Tennessee. But you're not wrong. Yeah, I think. To, I mean, that seems to point them in a position where they could be in the playoffs. For this game, I don't like it, but I'm picking Florida. I'm yeah. picking Florida as well. Then we got Alabama at Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama leads 53-10-2 and two <laughs> in this long-standing matchup. Um, 2014 and 2015 were back-to-back Ole Miss wins. So the question to you is, since 1992, how many times has Alabama had to vacate a win versus Ole Miss? Hmm. Vacate? <laughs> Twice. Uh, let's see. What year? Since 1992. How many times has Bama had to vacate a win? 15. Four. 93, 05, 06, and 07. Even saying all that, as much as I'd like to see Ole Miss win, I think Bama wins. I think Alabama houses them. I think they are just like, look, talent-wise, they're better. Um, I just just think they house them because they were so mad about last week. I would like to see Mississippi do something fun here, but I don't see it. I'm taking Alabama. Yeah. I'll get put it this way. If Alabama, oh, I think it's an interesting game. If yeah, Alabama loses this game, oh, yeah. woo, red alerts are going off. Oh, it would be great. Red alerts are definitely going off. Yeah. This is 11 versus 9 yeah, yeah. for a CFP. So. LSU at Arkansas. LSU's won 5 of 6 versus Arkansas. Arkansas got them last year. Uh, question to y'all. What is the trophy that they play for? What is the trophy name? Hmm. In this game, the boot, right? The golden boot, golden boot because right. Arkansas sits on top of Louisiana yeah. and it looks like a boot. Um, be the golden boot, by the way, the World Cup's like a week and a half away. By the way, the no. it's going to be really, really fun. And if you're into that, go USA. I need something uncomplicated to patriotically root for. Um, I'm taking. Um, uh, I I feel like Arkansas showed their ass a little bit in the Liberty yeah. game. I'm taking LSU. LSU, uh, Tony. How yeah. would Brian Kelly pick this game? <laughs> boy, I say boy. By the way, if you didn't watch his post-game interview, yep, yep, I was he started out with the He was about to do it. He was about to do it. He knew he was going to. He's like, you know what? I, just beat I don't have to do that now. Right. I'll right. do that now. <laughs> um, give me LSU. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we're not picking this game, but we're picking it. It's not on the fun office pools, but 
you're picking it in your head. Uh, you got Georgia, Mississippi State. All time, this is one of those weird, weird meetings. Um, all time, Georgia's 19 and 6 versus an original member of the SEC. And that's crazy to me. They've played 25 times. Um, the little scheduling quirk. In 90 years. Wow. <laughs> a little scheduling quirk. Uh, the last three games in this matchup has been played in Athens. Um, that's kind of weird, but you know you had the COVID year. They were the added team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When they were redoing all the the right, only right, SEC right. schedule, so they weren't originally scheduled to play in twenty. Yeah, that was the Nick Fitzgerald game, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, this was interesting to me. My daughter is in seventh grade. Okay, that Vivian. is interesting Vivian, to me as well. Vivian is wow. in seventh grade. Okay. And um, the last time Georgia played at Mississippi State, she was one month old. <laughs> it did not go well. Do you remember that game? I do. I was at a <laughs> wedding. It was I was at my uh, cousin's wedding at the Piedmont Driving Club, and I was gone. in misery. It went bad. I remember um, we were going in for a touchdown, Washon Ely, and he got hit on the one and fumbled or something, and they recovered it, and it was just like. That was a terrible season. They were Georgia was six and seven that year and lost to Central Florida in the Liberty Bowl like nine to six. Yeah, that was two thousand ten. Lost to Colorado that year. I went to that game. Right. Uh, I almost went to that. So I've never been to Stark Vegas, and I am not going this year. I have to be in Phoenix for some meetings, and I'm a little disappointed. But mm-hmm. it's cool. There's good meetings, but. Um, I came really close to driving down that game, and after that game, I'm so happy I didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I like what Will kind of said about, you know, it could be a little bit nerves at the beginning for us fans, not for Kirby and the, the team. They've got it all under control. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something to the wall and see if it sticks. I think, I think Georgia houses them. I think Georgia comes out with all that momentum, wins 34-3. A potential stutter step early, I don't think, is an unreasonable thing uh, here. This feels, honestly, like, here's a fun way to think about this. Imagine this game is like Kent State. <laughs> like, Kent State sounds about right. I think Mississippi State is better than Kent State, though Kent State is perfectly fine. They're going to make a bowl. It's a good team. But, like, it feels like a game where you're never really sweating it, but... You get enough stuff where Kirby, where, where you feel like they got a lot of stuff to coach up this week. I feel like oh it, Florida, yeah, Florida, yeah, Florida, Florida, yeah. I don't know if they come out as on fire as yeah. they did against Florida, though. I would say it, that's why I went with Kent State. Is they come out a little, maybe, yeah. I think it's Kent State. I think it is. They come out being like, yeah, we're all right, and they get one little thing that doesn't scare you you're like all right all right mississippi state's here and then they take care of business that's what sounds about right to me so uh, i'm gonna say georgia 34 mississippi state 13 that sounds about right to me i don't disagree with you will i think there is a so i i talked about a little bit about having to be in phoenix my meetings get over in the afternoon, and I'm hoping to be able uh, to be ready to watch the game by five o'clock Phoenix time, which is kickoff. Um, I have dinner plans, right? I really want it to be at halftime, so I don't have to be rude and mm. watch the game closely at dinner. I am um, 
I, I just can't get there, right? Because we've seen this team fiddle fart around with teams when you think they're going to go howsome. The road, the actual road has been a little bit of a thing. It doesn't surprise me if we're 17, 16 and a half time, right? Um, but it's really hard for me to imagine a world at all where Georgia's second half talent doesn't yeah. take over. Georgia's able to, at halftime, scheme what they want to do. Like we talked about the Tennessee fans earlier in the game, early mm-hmm. in the podcast. Like, oh boy, that ooh, second half, only three points. Georgia did what they wanted to in the second half, right? They went in the halftime. Kirby got a whiteboard out and said, this is what we're doing, and they did it. I think that happens. This game, give me 38-16. 38-16? And I know we're 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 way short. We're, we're we blah, I can't talk. We are short. We should talk some more. We are way short on time. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to um, a guy I stumbled across on Twitter today. I'd made some notes, but we just don't have time. I don't have time to get into all of it. And plus, we've covered a lot of it. But at Trey in Athens, he has a really great thread, probably about fourteen, fifteen posts about the atmosphere at Sanford last week. A longtime Georgia fan. Talks, you know, really brings some history into it. I thought he did a really great job of kind of just, you know, putting a cap on what it was like. And so if you want to go follow that thread or read it, it's Trey, T-R-E-Y, in Athens. Just go check that out. Yeah, I've known Trey. I've known Trey since high school. Okay. Uh, He's a good dude and uh, a big Georgia fan. I didn't know. By the way, I didn't know Scott was going to talk about this, but uh, we'll take it, right? We'll take what? I'm not sure what you're referring to. That will take you calling out Trey in Athens. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I think we lost an antecedent there. That's all that's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm soft torture. Don't do antecedents. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, good times all around. Everyone enjoy. I will be in Charleston, South Carolina. Someone sent a direct message to you yeah. about being, being in Charleston. Yeah. Uh, send it to me. I, I did. Drop a pen on the ground. Send it to me because I, I was confused. Like you sent me a, a, a screenshot. A, yeah, screenshot it. But just send it to me. Uh, I'm going to be. Uh, we'll be at the Go Miller Go Run. Uh, my friend, uh, my son's Oh wow, friend. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah, the first time we've done it since the pandemic. Those you don't know. Uh, for those of you who may have read How Lucky, How Lucky is a uh, is about a kid with uh, spinal muscular atrophy. Um, one of William's best buds and my wife's uh, uh, her son. Her oldest best friend, uh, her son, uh, has spinal muscular atrophy, and so a lot of book was inspired by that, and inspired by literally being at the Go Miller Go Run in 2018 and being like, oh, okay, I have a lot of thoughts about this, and I talked to a lot of people. They gave me a lot of insights that helped kind of create Daniel. This is the first time that we've been able to go to that. They'll be in Charleston this weekend. It'll be really, really awesome, and I will still be back in time to the hotel for watch to watch Illinois-Purdue. Perfect. And then we're all getting together. Uh, they always pick it a weekend that George is on the road, so we can all, we, we can all go watch the game, because, of course, a bunch of Georgia people there, so it'll be a good time all around. So if you're in Charleston, uh, if you know a great sports bar to watch the Illinois uh, the Illinois uh, Purdue game in Charleston, uh, drop a, drop drop me a line. Otherwise, uh, good times this weekend. I don't know how we're going to do our post game show. We'll have to figure that out. Uh, but otherwise, uh, uh, have a good time out there. And uh, hey, go dogs, go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Um, somebody will do a post-game show on Sunday. Uh, it might be Tony by himself, or maybe I'll join you. Hey, if you, if, you, if you show up and you need a co-pilot, I'll fly with you, Tony. Top Gun quote. You'll be my man. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, okay. I'll be your wingman anytime. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening. Um, man, this has gone long. But, um, yeah, good luck. Go dogs. We'll see you on campus uh, after Thanksgiving. And we will do our regular yearly Thanksgiving show as well. Also, don't forget, at the Pine, Ooh. after Georgia Tech, yes. come meet us, have a drink. That's all we're doing. Go dogs. Go dogs.